Hail you werewolves. Alcidano's back. We've got two more issues of Werewolf by Night. A little bit of a special one, though. Uh, we're doing another giant size. So we've got a really crazy story. Jack being in Transylvania again. And then uh, another issue after that that's maybe even crazier. So uh, strap on the old seatbelt and get ready. Because after the break, we're going to dive right in. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Bronze Age of Horror Comics, and we have our continuing coverage of Jack Russell's exploits in Werewolf by Night. So that means I am here with my buddy Al Sedano from the Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. How are you, man? Oh, I figured I'd be a bigger <laughs> one because that was a giant-sized werewolf howl. <laughs> like, tempt of one. <laughs> yes so yes a uh, good intro there man so yeah we're going to be covering a uh, giant sized werewolf number two and werewolf by night 24 in this uh, episode and we kind of uh you should have hit the giant sized werewolf two like maybe uh two recordings ago but you know i just yeah. kind of brain brain farted on him but it's not like it has anything really to do with continuity so hey yeah. who cares right <laughs> it could take place at any point mm-hmm absolutely absolutely and it's uh uh, you know, it's, it's 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 interesting. We're actually doing this recording, you know, heading into Halloween uh, weekend here. And uh, this was a uh, cover dated October 1974. This issue we're going to do giant size werewolf number two oh, here. Nice. So, yeah, fantastic. So uh, uh, this is one of my all time favorite uh, Bronze Age horror covers uh, to this one here by uh, Gil Kane and Tom Palmer here. So uh, what are your thoughts on this cover to this one? Oh, this is I mean, come on. What kid is not going to want to pick this up? Werewolf throws Frankenstein? Mm -hmm. You know, even if it's not good, it's, you know, you're still like, Werewolf was Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. Yep. One of these oversized jobs, you know, square bound. And uh, I love uh, love the, the, the cover, you know, it's a man beast versus man monster, the monster of Frankenstein. And then, you know, not only do we have uh, the werewolf uh, trying to bite uh, the, the Frankenstein monster here and choke him and scratch him and everything else, but there's a crazy cultist about to uh, sacrifice a certain woman in the background. Yes. I mean, we don't recognize who she is because she does not look like anyone we've seen before in the series, which means <laughs> it's Lisa. <laughs> yeah, really? I mean, uh, between her and then Buck a couple of times, you know, the artists kind of feel like they draw these characters however they feel like it. Which we will see not just in this cover and inside the issue, but in the next issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's uh, I think I almost feel like is it like a joke behind the scenes here or what? Yeah, I have no <laughs> idea. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guy holding up the knife looks cool. He's ready to plunge the knife into a woman on a sacrificial altar in the background there. But yeah, right up front, we have the, the Frankenstein monster here and the werewolf uh, having a, a wrestling match here. They look fantastic. I always loved this cover. Yeah, no, this is a cool one. I mean, this it, it's werewolf versus Frankenstein. You get two monsters together, you're like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, you can't go wrong with two of the two of the big guns here. You know, we just had a... Uh, two Madracula crossover, you know, just a few short episodes ago. And, you know, now you got to throw in the monster of Frankenstein here, which I love that title, too. You know, it was kind of kooky, kind of crazy. But that's another title that I absolutely love, too, and would love to cover. I did cover the very first issue of it, but that was all I did so far. And that's uh, another title I would love to cover. I have the uh, trade. They came out with a trade that covered the whole series and then even the black and white magazine appearances as well. So I have that guy somewhere floating around. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was a really good one. So, all right, well, let's uh, 
jump into the Frankenstein monster meets werewolf by night. And this is, uh, you know, we've got our uh, same team here. Doug Mensch script, uh, pencils by Don Perlin, inks Vince Coletta, colors by Petra Goldberg, and letters Dave Hunt. So pretty much the, the team we've had here, you know, these last couple of issues, uh, you know, give or take a, a, a letterer or colorist here and there. But pretty much that's who we've had as a, you know, writer and the art team here for a while. So, you know, at least they have, uh, you know, a little bit of a continuity there with everybody kind of looking the same. It's just these covers that really throw us off. <laughs> yeah, which is why I'm wondering if maybe you're right about the whole it's a joke with Lisa, because when you, you know, it's one thing when you had different creators, but mm -hmm. when you have the same consistent art team and you're like, and you're still making, I mean, because Jack, it's not like they have to go up on Jack. Mm -mm. You know? No, yeah, Lisa's been a blonde, a brunette, a redhead, I think. She's been every, I mean, hey, she could be dyeing her hair, but that it just seems kind of weird. And then sometimes her hair's a little shorter, sometimes it's a little longer, sometimes she dresses like, just like, you know, in a, a pair of jeans and a, a regular top, and other times she's like, you know, in this really sexy outfit. <laughs> no consistency with her, for sure. Well, that part usually seems consistent. <laughs> <laughs> inconsistency is consistent that's what we'll say about lisa well, i meant the so. outfits <laughs> yeah. all right well there's a little uh, quick little synopsis here on the grand comics database it says uh, the frankenstein monster travels through california to see if danton vela can help him at the same time the brotherhood of bale run by vela kidnaps lisa russell and plans to sacrifice her in a magic ritual Jack Russell, while searching for his sister, changes into the werewolf by night and attacks the Frankenstein monster. So, yeah, pretty much that's what happens. But uh, uh, we're going to dive a little deeper here. So why don't we start with this splash page? And how about this splash page? Oh, I love this, too. Oh, that is awesome. I love how huge the Frankenstein monster is. His mm -hmm. hand is completely around the werewolf's neck. And you know that other hand could just completely cut, grab and crush his skull, potentially. Mm -hmm. Like and that? It's like Solomon Grundy size. And is this, are you checking this out digitally or in the... Yes. Uh, okay, so in my comic here, it's kind of weird, where it says the Frankenstein monster meets werewolf by night. I love the fonts and everything there, because mm -hmm. it's in this specific font in each of their, the way it is in each of their books as well. But the word meets is like extra, like, you know, there's like more, a little more inking around it. It oh, seems yeah. a little more vibrant. Is that how it is there too? Yep. Yes, it okay. is. Okay. I was just wondering, I'm just like, what, what were they doing here? Like, it would have been cool if the whole thing was in that, but... Okay, whatever. Well, they, I mean, it looks like they're using the regular font for, you know, the title font for both books. Mm -hmm. You know, Werewolf by Night and Frankenstein Monster get their own, you know, logos. So they just did something horror-esque for meats, just so it's not just straight up, you know, boring letters in the middle. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, we have our uh, creatives across the, the top there, and there's it's a shot of, you know, like I said, the Frankenstein Monster. He's got uh, our buddy uh, Werewolf by Night here, and he's choking the crap out of him, kind of like on a beachy scene here. There's they're in the, like, a little bit of water. And yeah, it almost looks, Full moon there in the back. It almost looks like it should be taking place in the in the giant size chillers issue. Like a tigra? <laughs> mm -hmm. It looks like that kind of back. It looks like it's that location. Like, that's where he is still. And I love the monster when he has that, uh, like, bearskin jacket on or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it's like fur vest. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, that was, I think, if I remember correctly, I don't know. He, I think he had it on in the regular series for quite a while, but eventually I think he lost it. But I know the black and white magazines, he had it there, too. I re that's what I think of when I think of Frankenstein Monster from the Bronze Age. Mm-hmm. So yep. he must have had it a lot. Well, we start out right in, in you know, the alleyway here of a, a town, and it says... It is a sordid alleyway stuffed with gloom and squalid filth. <laughs> I, well, I, I can it. see the squalid filth. 
Yeah, I love the descriptors. <laughs> you had rats I mean, the and rats everything. Are, the rats are happy. Trash cans, booze bottles. It's fantastic. And he's just walking down the alleyway, but there's like two, I don't know if they're like late teens, early 20s, two guys standing there. And, you know, I, I feel like a couple of times in this issue, uh, Doug Mensch here tries to add a little, you know, social commentary too, which, you know, I like it. It's cool. And it's kind of fun too, because, you know, these two guys are having this conversation about, you know, basically racism and people not liking people, you know, uh, the older generation not liking these young hippies with their, you know, based on appearance. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then using it with the monster when they see the monster and they judge him completely on his appearance. Yeah, oh, it's fantastic. He like steps on like a trash can lid or something. He's like, I like how he's right behind them listening to their conversation and they're unawares. But as soon as he steps on a trash can lid, they turn around and they're like, what the heck is this thing? And he doesn't like make any kind of moves towards them like he's going to hurt them or anything. He just stands there staring at them and it's a monster. Let's get out of here. Like you said, they they totally judge him and run away. <laughs> yeah. And he's just trying to be like, friend. And he's like, oh, but you were saying things about, you know, not judging by appearance. Friend. Yeah. You feel bad for him, man. <laughs> I love how. Yeah, I love how, though, I'll tell you what, I do like, uh, you know, uh, I think the Monster of Frankenstein book started out with Plug, and then I think after a few issues of Plug, John Buscema drew him as well, which, you know, you don't really think of him as a horror artist, but I thought that it looked really, really good uh, the well, way he drew him, too. But this looks pretty good here. I like the stitches on his neck, on his forehead. Oh, yeah. Well, Buscema makes sense, actually. I can see Buscema doing a good job because, well, A, it's not technically superhero, so he was probably a little happier with that. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, think about his Conan stuff. Half the time, Conan's fighting monsters and things. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that sounds like it could be in his wheelhouse. And then the, the the monster decides to take a walk down to the old docks here. And we got a little more social commentary with uh, uh, two hobos who are uh, boozing it up. But they're also reading the newspaper, too. They're talking about some things. And uh, it says uh, about, <laughs> you know, somebody needing a liver transplant and uh, all this other stuff. And he goes. It's your soul that needs transplanting. And the other guy says, wouldn't it be great simply to have your soul put in a new body, a strong young body? And then they're, again, reading in the newspaper that there's, you know, some scientist that claims he can. Oh, it's not a scientist. It's magical. Yeah, he can. Transmigration of souls. Well, Danton Vela. Did you get the thing on this guy's name? Uh -uh, no. Anton LaVey. Oh, yeah, the Satanist guy. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I mean, because Danton is basically Anton, but I believe it's just, it's an anagram with an extra letter. Uh -huh. With the D, because there is no D. Hold on. Yeah. And then LeVay, Vela is definitely an anagram for LeVay. Yep, that's fantastic. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure he looks like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the two hobos are funny. They're boozing, and the one guy's like, kind of like, yeah, wouldn't that be great to be able to do that? And he chucks his empty booze bottle into the uh, water, which is not great. But the monster oh. was listening to him the whole time, right? Yep. Oh, and I skim forward real quick. Yeah, he looks like him. <laughs> and he uh, you know, he overhears them say that this guy's out in Los Angeles that can, you know, transplant supposedly your soul. Well, of course, yeah. the monster thinks, Put you in hey, a new body. Uh, yeah, I, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do this. <laughs> a human body? That sounds good to me. And he's also close to uh, the railway here, so... He's going to, you know, ride the rails here. He's going to hop on a train. And uh, how he figured out which one was heading towards Los Angeles, I'm not sure. But he's trying to jump on and you hear this. All right, hobo, you ain't riding any rails on this train. And there's a guy and he looks like he's just a security guard. Maybe maybe he's a cop. and He's got a gun. But he, of course, the monster turns around and he's like, oh, my God. And he tries to shoot him. 
But he misses and, completely, considering the fact this thing's like eight feet tall. It's amazing that he's shooting he, over his head. Yeah, and he's standing right in front of him, too. Um, but he pimp slaps him and knocks him out and just climbs right aboard the train here. And he's a little hungry. So uh, what, what does he eat here? He grabs one of the rats. Oh, God, it's disgusting. The Yay. rats in the alley were la- Like I said, the rats in the alley were happy. Not these. Mm-hmm. He's like, uh, the journey is a long, solitary one shared only with gloom. Rats I'm think- and hunger. <laughs> I'm thinking of that scene from Lord of the Rings, the second one, mo- second movie, when Gollum's catching the fish and just grab- beating it on the rock and eating it. <laughs> Raw. Oh, it's it's wild, man. It's it's so gross. And then uh, yes. he says, you know, they're gonna stop the train uh, before it gets to Los Angeles. And then I guess there's uh, other cops here too, and they're like, hey, you know, uh, we think something happened in here. The guy might be in this one of these cars because somebody uh, almost killed a, a cop back there in uh, New York. So the monster hears this, and he doesn't even want to get into it. These dudes, so he just smashes his way right out of a train car. And he goes right off a cliff down into the water there, right? Yeah, because apparently they stop. So apparently they. St- oh, yeah, it must be a cliffside. You're right, because the other side has plenty of room. But the, the side he's jumping on apparently is on a cliff. And he goes right down, bounces off the side into the water. Boink, boink, splash. <laughs> yeah, the one cop. Holy crow. You said it, Jake. Whoever busted out of this car must have just got the biggest shock of his life. And he goes, I know this wood of this car is half rotten. But it still must have taken a hellish amount of strength to burst a hole like this. Yeah, but super strength or not, ain't nobody can live through a fall like that. Case is closed, boys, for good. And the cop has this really creepy look on his face. Yeah, yeah, he he looks he looks like that cop in like you know one of those horror movies where the cop you know he shows up, the cop shows up, and go, oh no, it's the killer. Dun, dun, mm-hmm. dun. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. I'm just like, look at this creep. But, uh, you know, of course, you know, he's the monster of Frankenstein, so he's not dead, but nope. he, he kind of flo- right. floats to shore and he's like kind of taking a little nap there. And it's in chapter one. And uh, so <laughs> I'm interested to hear your thoughts on how chapter two starts out here. Um, you know, well, we got a couple pages before we get to chapter two because we have the prologue to chapter two first. <laughs> yeah, this uh, this is interesting. What What's going on here? So apparently in bet- at some point in between issues, Lisa decided to join this cult of the Brotherhood of Baal because she thought it might be able to help Jack somehow. I mean, I, I'm i guessing she knew that this guy, because we find out that the Brotherhood of Baal, their leader is Denton... Wait, what, now I want to say Anton LaVey, but that's not really who he is. <laughs> Denton Vela. <laughs> that, da, that, Dante, that Spoilers for, you know, chapter 2 or 3 or 2.5 or whatever it is. <laughs> that Danton Vela is the head of the Brotherhood of Ball, so I guess that's why maybe she, it was knowledge, so she joined thinking that would be a help Jack. But now they want to start doing human sacrifices, and she's like, I'm out, because I can just walk out of these cult, secret cults like that. Yeah, I was thinking to myself, like, um, I, I get it that you want to help your brother, and that's fantastic, but uh, a satanic cult... I'm not sure that's uh, the road you want to go down. Now, to be fair, I mean, remember, Jack's only 19. She's still 17, so she's young. That's so true. I, I do excuse a bit of her doing some dumb stuff because, you know, she thinks she's more. You know, she thinks nothing. She could just walk out. And she's fine. She's gonna learn. Learn that's not true. But yeah, I mean, she does kind of just walk right out, and. They're like, okay, you don't want to be part of our club anymore. That's cool. And they act like everything's okay. But as soon as she leaves the room, uh, our uh, Satanist guy is just like, yeah, we're not letting her just walk out of here. You know, 
that's 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 not the way uh, we we do things here. So uh, literally within like they just one, follow her one, right away. Yeah, one page. They just follow her right to her house and kick the door in and grab her. Right. <laughs> yeah, they beat the door and like three of them just come like come barging in hands like. That must have been awkward, though. I mean, imagine three people trying to rush through the door at once with their hands all outstretched. Mm-hmm. That must have been comical. But yeah, yeah. I, I'm like, you what's have spurned going on the Brotherhood of Ball. Satan has therefore decreed your death. <laughs> and they grab her and pick her up and uh, they they take off with her. And again, like you said, she looks nothing like she does on the cover, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> or like she'll look like an ex in 22. Oh, no, mm-hmm. 24. Yeah, well, Jack, uh, he gets home, and uh, he... Because uh, now we're in Chapter 2. <laughs> yeah, now it's finally Chapter 2 after our prologue there. He comes in, and the house is actually, you know, smashed to pieces because he's Satanist. I, I don't know, looked like they just grabbed her and went out the door with her, but... Well, they uh, did they, say, make pain of her struggle and make waste of her home. Yeah, they beat the crap out of her, her and her house here, too, because there's just crap everywhere, smashed, broken... And then they uh, put, uh, and it looks like it's written in blood, by the way. They put a little that's message on the they, wall. That's what they say, because it makes him wonder, because it says something like, wait, what does it say here? Uh... Oh, yeah, it says, scrawled in ooze strokes of congealed red. <laughs> you, know, you know, but he, he's like, you know, obviously, you know, it says, the brother of Baal will punish betrayal with your blood. Obviously, <laughs> a memo from Looney's, but meant for whom? My stepfather been out of town for a month. That left Lisa. Unless it was her blood would spell out the message. So it was like, it's a, if it's enough blood, he's like, if that's hers, she might be dead already. Mm-hmm. Now, by the way, one thing I wanted to say, starting at this chapter, I realized as I'm reading this, reading his captioning here, the way it's written, especially in this issue, because he's captioned many, you know, Jack's narrated many issues. Mm-hmm. But the way this one is done, it kind of almost feels like Jack is like a 1940s detective. Mm-hmm. I narrating... stabbed for the phone. <laughs> Yeah. What? So weird. Yeah, yeah. And saw that it, they hadn't uh, overlooked it either. And of course, they cut the cord to the phone. Yeah. But that's what, that's kind of like the vibe I get from this, like his narration in this issue. That was like, it's like 1940 detective. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sure. Spade, werewolf by night. Yeah. And I'm not sure why you have to cut the cord to the phone if you grabbed her and just left. But OK. Well, again, cool. they wanted to trash everything. So <laughs> he exploded in a hot rage and split. Realize I'd have to see Buck, Buck in person. In person. <laughs> so he's flying down the road in his vehicle and uh, finds Buck and says to him, "Yeah, this is sorry. This is the part that made me go with that. I vaulted into the bucket seat, pitched the stick into drive, and hit the street with a squeal." <laughs> and it does show the car flying down the roadway with a bunch of smoke, as if he did uh, do a burnout. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, "Oh God, this is great. I love it." Yeah, and all of a sudden he goes, Buck, give me all you've got on the Brotherhood of Bale. Fast. And I'm thinking, why does he think Buck knows everything about everything? Like, okay, Buck's he's like... he's 19. The, it's Buck's like... A, a reporter, therefore he knows all this stuff. They used Buck as, like, the movie script writer uh, for the last recording we had, where it was, like, you know, that crazy Jason Voorhees Toxic Avenger guy that was in a movie and Buck was like one of the screenwriters or something. Now Buck yes. knows everything about a satanic cult. It's like, okay, come on. Do some this detective work isn't very good. Yeah, he's 19. He think Buck's a reporter, therefore he thinks Buck knows everything. Mm-hmm. And he's like, You must know something about it. An article on them. And he goes, I haven't written anything on them, Jack, but I do know something about them. 
bunch of kooks from what I hear. Organized Satanist, fronted by the millionaire Danton Vela. The guy with the Seacliff Mansion off Highway 1 near Malibu. And he just goes, thanks. And he's just going to take off. And Buck's like, uh, hey, where are you off to? What's the deal with the Brotherhood? And he goes, they've kidnapped Lisa. May have murdered her. And he goes, Jack, you can't leave now. It's getting late. The moon. And Jack doesn't give a crap. He just goes flying in his car. But literally, as he's blasting down the road, he changes into the wolf. <laughs> I mean, I really want to go back and check how many times this has happened. Because this has at least happened once or twice before. Mm-hmm. I love it when it's in these crazy circumstances. I mean, he, he has to have some kind of nice stipend from his family because he goes through way too many cars. Yeah. So, you know, of course, as a werewolf, he doesn't know how to drive a car. So, you know, he just flies right into like, what, a giant tree there? Yeah. The werewolf just jumps out. He's like, Luke, I don't know what I'm doing here. Screw this thing. And he does a nice little tuck and roll there uh, to not get hurt and springs oh, that was, up. And... That is a nice panel. I love the werewolf doing like that somersault. That is cool. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. And uh, we then see the uh, cliffside mansion here of Danton Vela. And uh, he's inside uh, talking to his uh, little brotherhood here. And he goes, you found him stumbling along the beach? But how did you get him to follow you here? And he goes, one of the Satanists goes, we had occasion to mention your name, High Priest Vela. And he seemed to recognize it, became eager to accompany us. And the guy uh, says, uh, Danton says, this is incredible. I've heard rumors of his existence. And we see he's got a visitor. Yep, Mr. Frankenstein monster himself. <laughs> and I mean, listen, I'd love to have a Frankenstein monster friend, too. That's his giant and nobody could stop him. He'd come oh, in God, real yeah. handy. He'd come in real handy for certain things. But um I'd still be scared at least the first time I met him that what if he just had like a violent, you know, tendency and decided he just wanted to choke you or kill you or whatever. They're just like, you know, there's this guy standing here with his hand in his pocket, puts his arm around him and says, can it truly be that the creature is Frankenstein's monster and that somehow he's learned our experiment in soul transference? It is. It must be. This is a sign from almighty Satan. <laughs> oh, also, like, when you think yeah. it's a sign, you know, you're like, hey. <laughs> Mm, he goes, yeah. for was it not the legend of Frankenstein which inspired my experiments? And what better subject for our first ceremony? <laughs> yeah. So mm. the monster's all into, you know, and well, I guess the monster can't speak at this time. I know he's been able to speak before. Yeah, it seems like early on here, maybe not. But yeah, he does at point, certain points uh, able to, to speak at least some like, you know, rudimentary English. But here he can't, but he kind of pantomimes basically like, New face. Mm-hmm. He, Pretty he face. grabs. Yeah, he grabs one of the cultists here and basically rips his hood off and points at him like, I want to be in this guy's body. <laughs> so <laughs> that's uh, that's what we're getting that here, wasn't right? the one he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Well, the guy goes, he's a maniac. He's crazy. And the guy, uh, Danton, says, on the contrary, acolyte Croft. He is quite rational. And a gr creature who knows precisely, precisely what he wants a new face, a new body, and that is precisely what I intend to give him. And he says, you misunderstood me, my friend. I do not mean to imply that you would be sacrificed to our satanic majesty. I meant only that the sacrifice of someone else would grant me the power to transfer your soul into a new body. Do you understand? And it says, he's nodding. <laughs> and he goes, good. Acolyte Croft, conduct our guests to the ceremonial chamber and wait for me there. And uh, here we go. So <laughs> we're, we're going to get our, uh, our cover scene here. Uh, eventually, yes. right? Because <laughs> now we have chapter three, the flesh of Satan's hate. 
<laughs> that's fantastic. And uh, there's probably about, I don't know, at least half a dozen, if not more, of these uh, cultists here. And then, the, you know, the big man himself, Danton Vela. And we see Lisa. She's uh, not only uh, uh, chained up here, or I'm uh, so sorry, tied with a rope. She's also gagged for some reason. Um, and they're about to, uh, you know, sacrifice Lisa here, right? Yeah, they're going to sacrifice her. To, to do, she's the sacrifice they're going to use to uh, do this, the transfer. Although, I'll, I'm going to wait till we get to the part a little later when someone else is going to be sacrificed, but I'm a little confused mm-hmm. how this works. Well, outside the place, we see uh, Jack has arrived, the werewolf by night. He's creeping around the outside of this place. And, uh, you know, right as they're getting ready to start their thing here, uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this uh, splash page where he jumps through the window here. Oh, that is cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what more? Do, what is more Bronze Age monster than the werewolf leaping down to a den of cultists and the Frankenstein monster <laughs> with upside down crosses and torches all over? <laughs> oh yeah, this is this is pure 1970s Bronze Age Marvel, 1970s horror, you know, schlocky horror movies, all that stuff right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you go by that stuff, you I just, you know, as a kid, I just assumed everywhere. Like, you know, there were cultists everywhere. Basically, oh, like the comics and movies at the time, there was, you know, cult, you know, going outside was a danger. You know, either there was cultists or quicksand everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I like how it says brash when he smashes through the glass and then strar is his growl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because he was attracted to the light. He was headed in that direction, apparently. He just kept going straight from where he was. So. Luckily, Jack was close enough to the house that the werewolf just kept going straight and saw the lights and was like, ooh, ooh, there's things I can hunt in there. Let's go. And now that I'm noticing it, too, in the crazy cultist room here behind the monster of Frankenstein. The skull. skull. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. wait a minute. There's a skull back there. <laughs> like on the now, was it there before? Uh, kind of. There's kind of skull-like things in the background. If you go back to the beginning of Chapter 3. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's like, there is. I mean, they're kind of vague. One looks almost like a goat. Looks like. I mean, the one behind the one cultist looks to the right looks like a skull, but the other one looks kind of like a ghost from Pac-Man. Like it's laughing. <laughs> yeah. It's, it looks like, no, not ghost from Pac-Man. It looks kind of like the Oogie Boogie from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. It does. <laughs> it does. But, uh, you know, so we got two monsters here, and we already kind of saw what's going to happen on the cover. So here we go. And we get a really good fight between the two monsters here, don't we? Yeah, yeah, well, because Danton tells him, kill him, kill him before he disrupts the ceremony and destroys your only chance to be granted a new body. And yeah, like on the cover, he, I mean, he grabs his arm too, but he grabs a werewolf right around the neck until the Mm -hmm. werewolf, of course, slashes the face. Oh, yeah, and it's bloody too. It like starts bleeding immediately. I'm like, whoa, they're showing blood here. I mean, now here's the funny thing. The werewolf does better against the Frankenstein monster than he did against Atlas. Yeah, the the meathead guy, yeah. He beats the, the crap out of the werewolf. <laughs> Meanwhile, like, Frankenstein throws him against the wall, and the werewolf's like, nope, I'm used to this. Bounce back. Yeah, it, it, he, he does actually, you know, do better against the monster of Frankenstein here, which is ridiculous, but... <laughs> yeah. It's, okay, it's whatever. Funny. I mean, <laughs> he dies between his legs, and he jumps on his back, and he... Like, you can see the blood here that he bites his neck. Mm-hmm. And then poor Jack, he gets knocked out a lot. Um, so... Oh, yeah. As, as he bites him on the back... He then flips him by the head over up against the wall and completely knocks him unconscious. And, well, now Lisa is not on the uh, the, the sacrificial uh, slab here. It's uh, the werewolf. And I guess, you know, because he's a demon, a wolf demon, uh, he his sacrifice will mean even more to Satan. So let's kill him instead. Oh, OK, OK. I'm realizing now what I did. What I realized wrong about the uh, 
soul thing. I thought at first when I read it before that Danton was saying that the Frankenstein's spirit will go in the werewolf, but it realized no, no, that he's conning the monster. Mm-hmm. It's yep. whoever I'm going to sacrifice somebody because because I was trying to figure out before like well. Why is there Lisa as a sacrifice? Okay, you need a sacrifice, but it's just a monster. Well, where is his spirit supposed to go into? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's supposed to be, it's a con. It's Satan's spirit is going to inhabit whoever is the subject. Yeah. So it's he's conning the Frankenstein monsters. Like, no, you're not getting a new body. Satan's taking over yours. Mm-hmm. But just about, you know, uh, six inches away, the knife is ready to be plunged into the werewolf here and uh, the monster of Frankenstein, he's not that stupid. He figures out what's going on here. And he yeah, he gr- like, grabs him. <laughs> he's like, yeah, you, you said before I wasn't stupid. You, you, you forgot that, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> and he picks him up and tosses him into the giant upside down cross, which then fall, which then falls. Wait, no, this is the best part. He hits the giant cross and so that hurts him. <laughs> Now, there's like a slight little ledge on the wall. He's using that to try and pick himself up. The cross falls on that, so crushes his hand, mm-hmm. and then falls and crushes and then tips over and crush, cr- falls right on his back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I love how like, oh. when it falls on his back there, he's like, yeah, and his tongue is sticking out. <laughs> I love this. Like, it's just like, oh, no, no we're not just doing this. We're going to, first, before I do something that's really going to kill you, I'm also going to, you know, we're going to hurt you a lot, too. And then it's funny too because he goes, um, he says, you know, Satan's deserted him, but his uh, acolytes here have not. They all have torches. And of course, the the monster of Frankenstein really doesn't like uh, fire all that much. So uh, he's getting, you know, kind of scared and pissed off at the same time. But uh, the werewolf is uh, able to break loose and he starts attacking these, uh, you know, acolytes here, the cultists. And then it's like, oh, okay, you know, there's a little bit of a team up here. Yeah, now Frank. Well, it's a Marvel comic, so what happens? They te- they fight, then team up. Mm-hmm. And yep. <laughs> Lisa, I gotta admit, this is a little hardcore of her. I'm a little impressed. The fire is there, so she uses the fire to burn the bonds away. I mean, those bonds aren't that far away. She probably has some, like, she's probably letting her hand, her hands or wrists are probably burning a bit too from that. Yeah, I it's mean, not a really I'm big impressed. length of rest. <laughs> I mean, while Lisa's appearance changes a lot, I do have to admit Lisa is pretty cool a character. Like she is not. Oh just, yeah, she is not like oh no monster stuff. She's like you know. I mean, you see her fighting those guys back when they. I mean, there's like three guys grabbing her like in the beginning, but she's fighting back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's not like just you know a damsel in distress all the time. Like again, it wasn't just some wuss that came in and grabbed her in her house. It was like three cultists. So you know what I mean? You can yeah, I definitely give her some credit for. You know, fighting back and, you know, like you said, being kind of tough for what, like, we, what, what do we say? A 17 year old? Like, it's pretty good. Cool. Yeah, a 17 a year old girl in a 1970s comic. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. There's going to be a level, you know, she's not going to be that much, but she's pretty. I put her almost up there with Harmony from, uh, if you've got, if you covered all the Scarecrow comics. Mm hmm. Yeah. I think Her-Pair's I only Harmony. did. I think I only think I did the very first one, but uh, I'm I'm interested to hear what do you think of some of these shots of the, uh, the the fighting going on? I thought these were some pretty cool panels here. There's some pretty cool, like you can see. There's like some just massive carnage and like destruction. I mean, I like the one right before she's burning the bonds off, where like you like the bit of a view uh, background, <laughs> not, not background, bit of a back shot of like you see the Frankenstein monster and the werewolf just knocking people over while everything's burning. And then that last pin on the page where she's running out as like. 
everything's on fire. And the <laughs> werewolf it. and the monster are just still like crushing. Like the, the Frankenstein monster is just breaking necks. <laughs> Snapping necks and cashing checks here. Yeah. He's got he's got two cultists up in the air, like just by like, you know, the, their robes picking them up. And then I love the werewolf in that panel you just referenced too, because not only is he choking one of them, he's stepping on the back of another one that looks like he might be dead. Yeah. Yeah, probably is. <laughs> and like you said, then Lisa runs out, and as she turns to look back, it's, you know, that is still going on. What was even in that, it, it, you know, the, the monster kind of has the two guys by the throat now, and he's choking the crap out of them, but the werewolf's there. And this is probably going to rip ending. that guy's throat out right now. Yeah, and this is, like, you know, we talked about for a second before we start recording. This is an interesting ending here because we're expecting one thing to happen, and it doesn't. It, it's very much a Universal Monsters ending. The mm-hmm. whole thing burns. The entire mansion is now on fire. Buck shows up because he knew where they were going. Mm-hmm. So he follows. Mm-hmm. Gets there. And Lisa finds him. And she's like, oh, no, Jack is in there. Oh, no. Oh, no. And the house basically, it's like Tony Stark's house. Because, I mean, it is kind of like, model looks like that way anyway a little bit. It's Tony Stark's house from Iron Man 3. Mm-hmm. It falls into the, into the ocean. And that's it. Although you get that like little ending bit right before the credits of two sets of footprints, one giant set and one animal prints coming out of the ocean. Mm-hmm. And like you're thinking to yourself, OK, well, something cool must come out of this. Well, no, sorry. Nothing no. does. That's that's no. it. No. <laughs> no. What happens is the world goes back to his comic and the Frankenstein monster goes back to his comic. Mm-hmm. And we and we and we go to a karate advertisement and mail it to Tigra, the, the, the letters page. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. I didn't see any uh, names in here I recognize to point out uh, from the letters page here, but there are four actual backup stories in here. Now, we're not going to go through them or anything like that, but they're they're pretty wild. You know, they're like your. You know, late 50s, uh, you know, 60s kind of stuff where there's like a Ditko story and yeah. um, a were- there's actually a werewolf story, too. So, yeah, there's some cool stuff in there. They're fun. Yeah, I looked up because I'm reading it on the Marvel Unlimited, so it only has mm-hmm. the main story. <clears throat> so I looked up just to see because sometimes even when there are backup stories that are pertinent, it doesn't have them. Uh-huh. You know, like I recently read uh, Operation Galactic Storm and Captain America 400 has like several backup stories that are all brand new. Mm-hmm. None of them are reprinted in that in mm. Marvel Limited, just the main story. Yeah. So I, I looked up, and according to Marvel, you know, dot fandom, you know, they're all reprints, but the guy in like the ape story apparently does appear one more time in an issue of Punisher. Oh, that's great. The ape I man think it's story. The Fra- I think it's during the Frankencastle run. <laughs> that's great. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you can't go wrong with a weirdo. Uh, Steve Ditko story. I mean, come on, man. Oh, yeah. No, that's some of the fun of these things. Like some, it is worth sometimes to get some of these weird issues because, you know, you get the stuff that's not reprinted. Yeah, like you said, it's not on the app and it's not in the collections either. So if you don't have the issue, you're you're not getting that. And, you know, some of those stories, they're into some like crazy stuff like, you know, uh, the the ape man story it's it was originally in strange tales number 85 yeah they that's do... the, that's the one i'm talking about maybe i said something else but yeah the ape man that's the yep. one that shows up in punisher yeah and i mean it, first of all i don't know if they even reprinted strange tales that high of numbering i know they did some trades of it but let's say they did those trades are probably out of print and real expensive and i guarantee you strange tales 85 is insanely expensive if you find a copy of it so 
other than getting this reprint here, which is probably pretty expensive at this point now too, um, you're not going to read those stories. Yeah, at least not. At least not no. At least not legally. <laughs> so you know, I mean, like that's that that's a cool reason to get some of these uh, giant size books because they did have these reprints in the back. Then the main story would be like this one, thirty pages, and then they'd have these other uh, plus the cool advertisements too. You know, what I mean, you don't get those in the trades either. Okay, no, it is not on Marvel Limited either. They skip from issue fifty-seven to eighty-nine. Wow, yeah, that's wild. I mean, they uh, do have a lot of them. I mean, it looks yeah. like they had the first fifty-seven issues. I think I have a hardcover that has like maybe the first ten in it, um, but I think that's all I have of that. And I should look. I know they came out with some paperbacks as well, but I don't think they went real high on those, and they they stopped making them just because they probably weren't great sellers. I mean. Let's be honest. They're they're some of the stories are okay. Some of them are fun, but I don't think there's a huge market for you know anthology horror that was pretty tame because it was post comic code. Sorry, I hit mute. No <laughs> worries, no worries. <laughs> no but worries. yeah, you're right. I know they did a few of them, but probably not a lot. I'm not sure. I bought a couple of them digitally, although that was a couple. I haven't had a chance to look at them in a while because that was a few years ago. I bought them on Comicsology, and since Comicsology went you know screwy. Oh, yeah, that's sad. Yeah. Mm. Unfortunately. All right. Well, that's uh, that's giant size werewolf number two. And I did find it interesting that a couple of these giant size issues say giant size werewolf. And some of them say giant size werewolf by night, which I thought was bizarre. Yeah, that's a little weird. Mm hmm. But. Not sure who was uh, uh, asleep at the wheel there, but whatever. <laughs> so. All right, well, let's uh, bounce over to Werewolf by Night number 24. And this one was a uh, December 1974 cover date. And uh, this one has a Gil Kane and Al Milgram cover. And I do like classic uh, monsters as well. And we do have a classic monster on the cover here. Now, we don't... He, he's got an, a, a different name here on the front and a different name inside as well. But he is supposed to be basically a classic monster here. So what do you think of this cover? He's basically, yeah, he's basically Mr. Hyde. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that this is even actually here's the thing. The other one is obviously probably more slight eye catching for the reason of it's Frank. You know, it's very obviously Frankenstein's monster. Mm -hmm. You know, you might not realize that this is Mr. Hyde until you read the story. So in that regard, that one is more eye catching. But I think this is a better cover. I mean, mm -hmm. the werewolf looks cooler here, more dangerous. The Mr. Hyde guy is really vicious looking, almost yeah. like a goblin. Yeah, he's almost like fanged. He looks crazy. Yeah, so it is, this one I think is a better cover, but that one is just because it's, well, you know, Werewolf's was Frankenstein. It's very obvious what it is, even without the cover copy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I really enjoy this cover too. A lot of vibrant colors on it. You know, you have the werewolf smashing through some pane of glass here to like a storefront. And this uh, Mr. Hyde guy, he's got uh, two guys uh, that he's uh, threatening and beating up here. And then there's a poor woman that got knocked down too. That's next to a bunch of like coconuts or something. And um, so she's a, she's a blonde, young blonde woman does not resemble a blonde woman, the blonde, young blonde woman on the cover of the last issue. I'm going to assume that's Lisa. <laughs> maybe that's Buck in the purple suit there. <laughs> or maybe it's the purple man. <laughs> God knows. But yeah, like this actually cover is a little more even. I'm not saying exactly that, but this is a little more of an e closer to like trying to do EC. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the mon I like mean, you said, the guy looks pretty crazy and he's got his uh, chest hair out. He has his shirt open and it says death battle with the brute. 
And his name is not the Brute, but we'll get into that. No, the Brute is different. The Brute's a different guy. I've covered him. I've covered the Brute. The Brute's the Reed Richards from from yep. Counter Earth. <laughs> Another Earth. Yep. <laughs> oh, fantastic! John so, Wilson's right. favorite character. Oh no way! That's fantastic. Yeah, I haven't read about that guy in a long, long time. But yeah, it's a good character. John hates that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's his air quotes favorite. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> So, all right. Well, this one is uh, called The Dark Side of Evil, and it's a uh, script Doug Munch, and pencils Don Perlin, inks Vince Coletta, colors Linda Lessman, and letters by John Costanza. And uh, a little uh, synopsis here over on Marvel Fandom just says, Jack returns to his apartment to find he's being evicted. Buck puts him up and offers a possible solution to the werewolf problem, the work of a scientist that's been making a real-life version of the Jekyll and Hyde formula. Hoping to find a way to isolate his bestial side, Jack goes with Buck to visit the scientist. Unfortunately, the scientist has accidentally tested the wrong formula. More on that later. And no become God. a rampaging evil monster calling himself Deprave. The werewolf and Deprave fight through the streets, and in the end, Deprave gets away while the werewolf gets captured by the cops. So, all right, let's let's uh, let's dive in here. So, <laughs> yeah, this, this guy is kind of wild. I do love this splash page. I, I, I do like, I will say this. I do like how Kane and Milgram uh, rendered this uh, brute depraved, you know, Mr. Hyde guy better on the cover than he is on the interior here. He's not anywhere near as scary, but I do like this splash page. What do you think? Uh, yeah, no, this is very much like a horror movie poster. Mm hmm. You know, get rid of the captions and just leave the title on there. And this is the poster for the Dark Side of Evil movie, which obviously has a werewolf or, you know, Mr. Hyde. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he does. He looks creepy in a different way. He looks creepy in the way that if you are under the age of 15, you do not want to be left alone in a room with this guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he looks because uh... he looks like he's going to do something to somebody like inappropriate, very inappropriately. And you're like, I, <laughs> don't, please don't leave me alone with it. Actually, you know what? Forget the age. I don't want to be left alone in the room with this guy. Yeah, especially not when he has that test tube he has in his left hand. Yeah, not I don't even talk about the Mr. <laughs> Hyde stuff. As far as I know, I just don't want to be left alone. This guy's creepy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he doesn't look anywhere near as monstrous as the cover, like the cover, he looks like a monster, like Mr. Hyde when he would change in, you know, the the, oh, yeah, the, the, the classic fangs. versions. Yeah, the classic his ear versions. looks pointed. Mm -hmm. Here, he just looks like, like you said, like a pedo or something, like a yeah. like a, a real creepy person that probably is like, you know, a few blocks away from us somewhere. <laughs> He's the guy that when, you know, they go in the news, someone does something horrible like that and it's on the news. This is the guy the neighbors are all saying, oh, yeah, God, we've, we've been expecting this for ever since we saw him. <laughs> it does look like a mugshot. Yeah, if you just look at his face. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No but, one is saying, oh, I never thought he would. Do Everyone's like, oh, yeah, we expected. We thought he mm -hmm. would. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of text here. It just says the, the, the I guess, again, this is, you know, the, 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 the Jack, uh, uh, thoughts here on the page. It says, third night, and the werewolf faced a creature just as hideous and tormented as himself, even more brutal. <clears throat> Once he had been Winston Redditch, a man of profound intellect and moral aspirations. But now his intellect has warped and twisted into a crucible of stark dementia. So too had his body changed. Until Winston Redditch, the man, no longer existed, and the brutish monster called Depraved stood in his place a ruthless being ready to embark upon a hellish spree of violence, corruption, and pure evil. The werewolf didn't know it. 
that was the final night of this month's full moon and perhaps the final night of his life. But God help me, as Jack Russell, I welcomed both. And <laughs> I do like how the guy is like all large and then the werewolf's like small, like up front looking at him here. That's a pretty yeah. neat perspective. Yeah, like I said, this is an awesome movie poster. Oh. Yeah, so then we, you know, get a little uh, recap here and Jack's in an alleyway and he's beat down because, again, this isn't uh, stemming from uh, the, the giant size we just uh, covered. This no, is, this you is know, from 23. Yeah, 23, which was where he fought this, you know, uh, Jason Voorhees looking Atlas, <laughs> toxic, aven- toxic Avenger guy that had the jawbone of an ass and beat the snot out of him. But then Buck ended up shooting him in the back because uh, Jack had given Buck a revolver with a few silver bullets and said, like, hey, you know, if I go bananas, take me out because I don't want to kill anybody. And the, the bullet ended up going into this uh, Atlas guy, Steve Rand or something like that, I think was his name. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I do want to say, by the way, I just went back and looked at the last panel of, page, of issue 23. Mm-hmm. And it's not exact, but the alley, the little doorway and alleyway he's in is pretty close to what they drew. He's well, in this little doorway with a trash can behind him on its side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, it's, it's the same guys. Close. It's the same creative, so they should, you know, hey, they they should, let's, let's you know, give them credit, but also say that they did their job. That's what they, they should yeah. have done. It should have looked this way. I mean, it's <laughs> impressive. But I like yeah, how there's can... a little kitty cat there. <laughs> yeah, like, dude, buddy, you're knocking over my house. <laughs> yep, and then he's like, uh, I'm going home to my apartment. And he goes to go in his apartment and he goes, stinking key won't turn. And then all of a sudden we hear, that's because it fits a different lock, Mr. Russell. The lock I had changed. It was Sandy, my landlady. And uh, she gives him the business here and says he's, you know, a a bad tenant. So she's booting him out of here. Well, they've had to repair the apartment multiple times. And it's not just like, oh, there's a slight leak. It's like, you know, uh, the walls are demolished. Mm Mm-hmm. So... He has to get his clothes. Yeah, she lets him in to get his clothes, and like you can come back and get your stuff, step into your stuff later. But yeah, you're out. You're evicted. Mm-hmm. And I love her outfit. You know, we're we're going full on like. <laughs> oh yeah, it's the seventies. Sexy seventies here. She has a like bikini top on and some uh, short skirt. It's uh, a yeah. <laughs> pretty revealing. <laughs> yeah, this yeah this the the seventies. This is seventies California, LA. So yeah. Yeah, and then Jack spends half the time, even when he's not a werewolf, that shirt unbuttoned. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And as he's walking out with his uh, clothing, she says, there's something preying on you, Jack, something heavy. I just hope you find a way to overcome it and straighten yourself out for good. And he says, so do I, Sandy. So do I. And of course, when she says uh, something heavy, all I can think of is uh, back to the future. (laughs) What What does weight have to do with it? There's that word heavy again. (laughs) <laughs> oh man so he uh goes to hang out with buck because i guess again <clears throat> he's supposedly on good terms with his uh stepfather and we know he's on good terms with his sister why does he just go home but he doesn't want to he goes to hang out with buck god knows i mean he's 19 he's prideful maybe he just doesn't want to go home could because, be you know yeah. i'm on my own now i gotta be on my own give me money dad <laughs> yeah maybe he just wants to kind of make it on his own steam and there's nothing wrong with that either but uh uh he does uh kind of say to him you know uh buck says to him take it easy jack don't get uh mystical on me and he said about you know whose blood might be on my hands and he goes i know how you feel i haven't slept a wink in uh all night myself not since i pulled the trigger on the gun and watched steve Rand fall on his face dead and they do talk about that but then uh 
This is where Buck brings up how he's, you know, read an article about this uh, scientist guy, this uh, Reddit, right? Yes. Oh, and by the way, Jack is beat the hell still. I mean, the beating he took as a werewolf <laughs> is still affecting. I mean, he has one bad black eye. Like, it is almost closed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Looks but like yeah, a boxer. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so Jack, yeah, Buck has been collecting some news clippings. And, you know, he, he wanted to wait until he was sure. But apparently was it... Um, I haven't mentioned this to you before because I didn't want to get your hope any get any false hopes up. But for the last eight months, I've been following the progress of a research scientist named Winston Redditch. He's an absolutely brilliant man, Jack, a former behavioral psychologist. And he goes on talking about he is basically basing his work on Jekyll and Hyde. And he thinks he has a way to basically kind of sublimate the more vicious instincts and elevate mm-hmm. the better instincts. And he's like, this might be useful for you. Yeah, and I love that panel where it shows like the beaker and the thing there and the the The, the faces coming out of the smoke. Yeah, that is yeah, cool. that is really, really cool. You know, and I know how a lot of people like to dunk on Vince Coletta. And, you know, I get it sometimes rightly so, but that looks really cool. And for most of the, the artwork in here, I will say over uh, Perlin's pencils, it's it's pretty good. You know what I mean? It's It's, again, it's not, you know, Kirby or John Buscema or John Byrne. I, I get that, but it's it's still pretty good. I, yeah. I will say it. That's a really good panel there. No, that is nice looking. That is cool the way, the, like, especially the evil face is coming out of there. Like you can see like the half of the mustache is kind of melding into the smoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, really cool stuff. So he kind of says to him like, uh, you know, hey, you know, maybe this will could cure you. So uh, what are we waiting for? <laughs> Let's go go find this guy. And Buck says, we're waiting for you to wash up and get into some fresh clothes. <laughs> I love it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Clean up. You don't even have shoes on, buddy. Mm-hmm. And also we find out that both Buck and Jack have been cleared of the murder charges. Yeah. I remember the cop saying something to Buck like, oh, you know, there could be a charge for like not having a gun permit or whatever, but you killed this homicidal maniac steve rand so yeah you know we'll, we'll overlook it yeah we'll overlook it kind of <laughs> and jack's been cleared of the of the murder of simon cole because they realized that atlas was the guilty party mm-hmm. yeah and then speaking of uh, the cops you know we we get a scene here at the police station where we have our buddies uh vic and i can't remember what the heck the other cop's name is um eddie yeah eddie yeah the other it's a lieutenant victor northrop and then eddie's the other guy and they find a silver bullet and uh, they talk about Lou Hackett again, who, you know, we I totally brain farted. I think the last time we recorded about Werewolf by Night, where he had been a werewolf as well. And Jack in that crazy, you know, swinger swingers uh, apartment building he was in had a neighbor and the, the neighbor was a werewolf as well. And they found out you needed to kill another werewolf to get cured of werewolfism, lycanthropy, whatever they called it. So. Uh, that other guy that was a cop was also a werewolf. He got killed there. The uh, he yeah uh, he not just killed, he got knocked into the thing of molten metal. So he he got Terminator tooed. Yeah, it was like a Joker kind of <laughs> kind of deal. But so yeah, the other the neighbor's cured and he's now vanished. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. like, all right, I'm good, bye. Yeah. So you know, uh, they uh, they kind of say, you know, hey, there's something going on here. You know, there's there's something funky going on. Yeah, we need to figure it out. And he says, Northrop says. What's the matter with you, Eddie? Of course, the silver bullet, the only thing that kills a werewolf. But do you want the whole force saying things about us, for instance, that we believe in that kind of garbage? And he goes, do we, Vic? And I love how both of them, you know, cigarettes and, you know, they've got the, the gun holsters on the side, the, 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 
collar button shirt and it's open with a tie kind of like pulled down. I, I love it. It looks like, you know, Barney Miller here or something. Oh, yeah, it's cop show. Well, I mean, come on. Look look <laughs> at early in the issue. Buck is sitting there smoking a cigarette while he's typing at home. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and then smoking's, all... smoking's bad, people. I get it. But I, I like seeing it in comics and old movies. I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, I think it's, it's funny. <laughs> well, it just kind of fits the that vibe because you would see yeah. it all over in those things in the 70s. So it just kind of fits the fact mm-hmm. that this fits that world. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, back to uh, Buck and uh, our buddy Jack. They're about to take off to go find this uh, scientist guy, Redditch. But uh, Lisa comes in, pulling oh, in Lisa? in her car. Wait, Lisa? Um, I thought that was, I thought, wait, oh, Russell. I thought his name was Cooper. I thought that was his sister, Betty. <laughs> well, she's just about... gone to, to see her boyfriend, Archie. And I was going to come see her brother. Because that's how who about... it looks like, kind of. Especially that first panel. Like, is that Betty? Yeah, that first panel for sure, where it's like a little bit further away. And then once it zooms in on her, I'm like, holy crap. I feel like uh, Don Perlin here, he's pulling like a uh, a Wally Wood with Power Girl here. Every time we see Lisa, her boobs are getting bigger. I wasn't thinking about that. I just think of the fact he's pulling Wally Wood and the fact that every time we see Lisa, it's like, I'm going to draw someone else. <laughs> that too. But she's got like this like, you know, bikini top on here. And she's like kind of like popping out of it a little bit. I thought, holy crap. I think he's having a little fun here. Well, basically, everyone is every girl in this show, in this in LA here apparently wears a halter top. Yeah, it's like geez. that's all they sell in LA. That's well, you know what? I think that was like that happened that year in the seventies. Every you know what year was it? Seventy four. Yeah, I think that's all they sold in LA was halter tops. You couldn't buy anything else. <laughs> oh, for Thank sure. God it didn't but... get that cold because you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, she she kind of is like crying in this night. He's like, hey, it's going to be cool. Don't worry. Uh, you know, Buck and I have somewhere to go and. Uh, Maybe it'll uh, take care of things here. So the two of them take off, and I was kind of surprised she didn't follow them. I was waiting for that, but yeah, or go uh, with them. Yeah, but uh, they uh, they they do find this guy eventually. But we do see <laughs> the guy working in the lab, and his wife is there, and of course she has a feather duster, and she's trying to uh, clean up in his lab, and he's like very uh, immersed in his work, and he's writing things down in mm-hmm. a tablet. That's nice, dear. Yes, and yes, dear. The, the first time I read this, I didn't notice it, but as she's, uh, you know, with her feather duster going to town here, she's kind of uh, moving things around, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. There's two beakers, and she picks up one in dust, and then put instead of putting it on the left of the other beaker where it was before, it's now on the right. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't and, seem like anything. And there's some there's some cool page work here. Mm-hmm. Like he's not just doing straight up panels. Like the top panel, the top. I mean, there's three set. There's three rows of panels here but the top two ones have like a diagonal line in between them mm-hmm. so it's not straight up and then the bottom row has four panels one regular size panel of them talking and then you got like these three triangle smaller triangle panels of her with the beakers moving mm-hmm. and that's yeah, gonna the, happen again during the fight yeah the layouts are, are pretty good you know what i mean i yeah. you definitely thanks for pointing that out because i i didn't write that down to mention that but again now that you're mentioning it you yeah it really is really cool and then uh, she gets all pissed off at him because he's basically ignoring her. He's just going, yeah, uh-huh, yes, dear, whatever you say. Because, again, he's he's not, I don't think he's intentionally trying to be a jerk to her. He's just so into this experiment here. And then finally he's like, of course, that's it. That's the answer. It's so obvious. And he's like, well, it's not going to work on, like, any mice or anything like that. I, I need a human subject, so here we go. And he grabs the beaker on the left, which is now the beaker that had previously been on the right. And uh, that 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 this doesn't end well, does it? 
No, no, he turns into monster. But I mean, that's what you do when you're a scientist. I have this untested thing. I have to, I have to do some kind of test on. What's the best way to do it? I'll drink it. It's the <laughs> Hank McCoy school of uh, science. <laughs> yeah, very tropey. It's something you see a lot in uh, uh, movies that are like you know have these uh, scientists that are working on something here. But man, this is kind of crazy. So he changes into this real you know, rough bruiser looking guy and starts smashing the crap out of everything. And he goes free to glory and evil. And then the wife hears this and she goes, Winston, Winston, those crashing sounds, what's happening in there? And she comes running in and he says, Winston's dead woman. And don't ever speak that disgusting name again. And he clobbers her. And I mean, like really bad. Oh, it's not just a backhand. It's a back fist. Yeah. He goes, I'm depraved now. And I'll be known as depraved. And he just goes like, he's going to go blasting out of there, but it just so happens right at that very moment. Uh, Buck and Jack are ringing the doorbell. <laughs> yeah. Now it says, now we can tell this, we know we're not in LA anymore. Cause it says the drive had taken longer than Buck counted on, you know, cause it was almost now less than an hour of daylight. Plus she's not wearing a halter top. She obviously is shopping outside of LA. <laughs> yeah, no, she That's has how we like know. A, like a, a red dress on. And for some reason she has like some lab coat over the top of it, which is bizarre. <laughs> he has a dress code for his lab. Yeah, if you want to come in there, even the dust, you better have a lab coat on. But uh, he comes flying right out of the door, catches them unawares, and it looks like he punches Jack in the face and grabs Buck by the throat and slams his head against the wall and knocks yeah, the two of them completely out. Yeah, slams like, like he was on the porch, so it looks well. You can see there the porch kind of has like a little carport over it. Mm-hmm. So he slams them into the one of the support poles for the carport, just like bam, and then just leaves them unconscious. I mean. That is that would shock anybody. Like you just go to knock on a door, you ring the bell, and all of a sudden the door flies open, and this maniac just comes running out, just slamming into everybody. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this uh, this next scenario here. So we get the you know three panels of uh, we see Buck knocked out and Jack knocked out, and the moon comes up, and even knocked out, he turns into the werewolf. What are your thoughts there? I, it makes sense to me. He's, you know, he's a werewolf. It's a curse. It's not, you know, so it's going to happen no matter probably where he is or in what condition he's in. He's going to be a werewolf. But I would it wake him up? Like, you know what? The werewolf? Maybe. <laughs> it just seemed weird to me. I'm like, okay, I guess I could buy. It's like, like you said, it's like a mystical, magical type thing. So it doesn't matter I, if he's well, awake well, or asleep. But why did he wake up? Because it happened. Oh, I mean, <laughs> here's the thing. He just says, because when I came to, the moon was in the sky, and I was in the werewolf. It doesn't say, I came to when I changed. He's already, we don't see the change. Mm -hmm. We have no idea if the change happened two minutes ago or two hours ago. Yeah, it almost looks like he's going to kill Buck, too, by the way. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah, I, I take it that the werewolf is, A, a little, I mean, while the werewolf gets get hurt, the werewolf is a little stronger than a human. And also, Jack is, like, probably, like, ten years younger than Buck, so he's probably a little more resilient. He probably would have came to anyway first. And he decides not to kill Buck, which is good, because I like Buck. And he just runs off. And I love how <laughs> he has well, his Well, because Buck's not moving. No. He's like, he wants he wants moving prey. So apparently, if you play possum with the werewolf, you're fine. I like how he draws, uh, Perlin draws him running away here with his arms out like an ape, a uh, gorilla or something. It's fantastic. <laughs> he runs like Goku. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then... Just it just so happens, you know, happenstance once again here, the the alleyway and street he happens to run down. Uh, he he finds uh, our buddy Deprave beating the snot out of people. 
I think he's just running down the street punching everybody. Yeah. He's just like, this is the trail of him just beating people up and just the trail of people knocked out going, who the hell was that guy? Yeah, and there's some poor sap on the ground, and he goes, another one? This is insane. The night's full of monsters. And there's uh, a guy that kind of looks a little bit like Roy Thomas uh, saying, wait a minute, stop. I never did anything to you. I've never even seen you before. And I love how they're out in front of, like, a grocery store, too, by the way. Look at those prices. Eggs, 85 cents. Salami for a buck. Yeah. A buck 60. (laughs) Milk is something nine cents. Soup, five cans for a buck. Oh, man. Jeez, can't even get one for a dollar anymore. Yeah, but they probably all have like you know. Think about <laughs> think of how bad the salt level is in the soup now. <laughs> Sodium. <laughs> oh man, and it says the werewolf. Of course, didn't know what the fiend before him had once been. Winston Redditch, respectable member of society and humanitarian in good standing. All he saw was a creature which moved, and that translated to prey. And he jumps on him, and he goes, "Who? A monster." And I know this guy's kind of a monster now, too, but he doesn't really seem all that worried that a werewolf's attacking him. Yeah, he's cuckoo. I mean, to be fair, also, depending on how much Depraved knows, Depraved is more like a day old. Mm-hmm. He's only a couple hours old. He's like, oh, monsters, cool. He's too dumb to be afraid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your attack is unexpected, monster, but it won't stop me. And they smash through the grocery store window, and there's oranges and pineapples, pineapples flying, so- every, flying everywhere. <laughs> And, and, and then we get the next page of this fight, which I love because I love yeah, the way it's the speak panels on are this. done. I mean, so it's three rows of panels, and the middle row is one, two, three, four. It's like it's like has six. Is that a hexagon? It's almost like coffin. It's almost like coffin shaped. Yes, yes, it is. And because of that, the other two rows are like angled up and angled down. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool looking. Like it's almost like a. Because the fight, they're going back and forth and knocking things over and falling down. And it's almost like adding to the fight because the panels are not just straight up panels. It's like the panels, it's like the page itself is shook up. Yeah, it's really good. Like I said, I you got to, like I said, I, I know uh, sometimes uh, a guy like Don Perlin's kind of like, you know, people that his name doesn't jump to mind when people think of you know, comics or whatever, but he, he did really do some really good work here in this title. You know, I can't wait to talk about more of it as we go along too, because I'm pretty sure he's the artist uh, for the rest of the book. And he does some really good stuff here. That panel layout or page layout, I'm sorry, is, is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It makes it feel like this fight. Like it's a little, it's almost like a comic version of the shaky cam. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really, really neat. And then even the next page, you know, it's got what one, two, three, four, five, six, six panels, but it's not like three across the top and three across the bottom. It's all different size panels here. I really like this next page too. Yeah, you got like the top panel is like this, just one stretching across, and then the middle, the next row is two panels, and then the next one is like a is like stretched across, and then you got two panels. Yeah, it's like a, a, a long rectangle, then like two squares, then another long rectangle, and then like a traditional panel. And then another one that's like, you know, a double sized uh, tra- traditional panel. But the two of them are fighting and it's a good back and forth fight. But uh, then the cops show up and, uh, you know, our buddy here, Lieutenant uh, Northrop, uh, he's no dummy. He's like, all right, he's got like, you know, half a dozen cops and they're going to make a plan here. And he goes, all right, you four with the equipment know where to station yourselves. The rest of you will stay with me. So they're setting a little bit of a trap here, which, again, and I, you can I, even see. 
once you see once you know what the trap is and when you get to the next page or so the cop behind the cop right uh-huh. behind his arm has yeah. that equipment on his shoulder you can see what it you know what it is once you get later on you go oh that's the net mm-hmm. and they're wrestling around and you know hey freeze you two this is the police and you know of course uh he goes i said freeze and he shoots a warning shot and they of course that gets them and their attention and uh deprave goes a gun a gun could stop deprave could stop me from living my evil but it won't stop me not if i escape and he punches jack in the face and or the werewolf runs. and runs out the back door and of course the werewolf's like i'm gonna go get that guy he just punched me and he tries to run out the back door, but now, by this time, uh, the, the trap has been set, right? Yeah, unfortunately, they were not in time to set. They didn't get set up by the time the prey ran out, but they got set up. And yeah, as soon as Werewolf runs out, they, a net fall, lands right on top of him, and now he is caught in a net. Yeah, and that last page, again, you know, a panel layout, great here. regular size panel, then a skinnier one with a net that almost looks like a spider web, by the way, like Spider-Man. Yes, and, and then, then uh, like this, yeah, a yeah. silhouette. Yeah, what do you think of that panel? That was a really cool. cool choice. Yeah, it's all red with a black silhouette of a net over the werewolf falling. Yeah, just like I said, just a silhouette. It's it's really cool. And then you get the last almost like, it's like a three-quarters of the page panel. So it's, you know, it's like a nice ending panel of the cops all around him as the werewolf is fight struggling in the net. Yeah, and then Eddie says, sorry, Vic, but the first one escaped. We didn't have the net set up in time to catch him. And Vic says, that's okay, Eddie. We can pick him up anytime. And I'm thinking, e- really? Uh, okay, sure. Uh, but this is the baby we really want. The one who's going to pay for ripping Lou Hackett to shreds. And again, they have no evidence to support that because Lou's body is gone. It's like yeah. melted down to nothing. He's like an amoeba. They just know that he was hunting down from his notes. He was after a werewolf. And mm-hmm. there's a werewolf, so must have killed him. Really cool last uh, panel. They're like a three-quarters uh, splash there. I really like it where the werewolf's ensnared in this uh, net. And it's just not like a regular net. There's something special about it, I think he said, too. And um, There's no cops there and everything, and the, the werewolf in there struggling. I really like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. there might be something about it. I'm sure we'll find out next issue. But, yeah, either way, it's a big, thick one. So, mm-hmm. And it says, next issue, when murder is suicide, the moon shrieks. And uh, sure. I, don't really, Why not? I don't I don't really understand that because uh, I actually have 25, the physical copy of it. So I had that out. I, I kind of browsed through that quick as well. And we do get a, a wrap up here with Deprave. But by the end of the issue, uh, the, another villain of the week shows up. So it's fantastic. I can't wait to get in that. But that that descriptor on what's going to happen next. I, I, I don't know. Hopefully you can make sense of that because oh, I we'll just, find out. Yeah, I really couldn't. But uh, <laughs> so overall, what do you think of these two here? Pretty good fun with the giant size, big time, oh, yeah. uh, you know, monster fight, right? Yeah, that was fun. That was enjoyable. And look, and the Anton LaVey stuff was entertaining. That was funny. <laughs> <It's> hilarious, yeah. <laughs> and then this is a good one here, too. A lot of fun here again, right? Oh, yeah. Like I said, the, especially the cover. The cover of this one was awesome. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're getting some, I like the continuation from the last story, you know, when he mm-hmm. fights Atlas and the fact that, you know, I guess they decided to bring him into this the, the apartment complex and now kick him out. I, I'm wondering if we're going to see any of the uh, his friends from that apartment complex again. Yeah, especially those two horny girls that were always after him. Well, Sandy's <laughs> obviously out. I'm assuming. <laughs> I can't even remember what the other girl's name was, but they were always like, hey, Jack, let's hang out. Let's go to the pool. Let's go out. Let's go clubbing. Let's run around half naked. It was like <laughs> they, they were really into him. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm trying oh, to see if I can find them. Yeah, because they were for three or four issues straight. There were they were a lot. They they were in the issues a lot. I mean, like a lot. Every minute of his downtime, one or both of them were there. Clary. Clary, yes, that was the other one. That was the one that was kind of like an actress or something, a little yeah. airheaded. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. She was Clary Winter. <laughs> oh man. So all right. Well, that's uh, gonna wrap this one up for us here. Uh, we actually might get her one more time. Oh, but fantastic! Yeah, hey, that's bit. that's cool. Maybe she'll uh, she'll end up uh, with uh, Doctor Glitter Knight. <laughs> that's coming up too. I cannot wait for that. I think that might be issue twenty eight. So we got a couple uh, recordings to go here because you know we're gonna have another giant size pop up here amidst uh, these uh, next two three issues as well. So we're probably gonna have you know an issue and a giant size, or two issues and a giant size and a regular issue coming up. Uh, in the recordings here, so really looking forward to that because the giant size are just so much fun. I don't know about you, but like we said, we I, I like love giant size. I love the I love those giant size books. They're they're a lot of fun. I like when they did them. So it's cool with you know, and it was a nice way back then for you to get some reprint stuff because they obviously that stuff didn't get reprinted much. It doesn't get reprinted much now. So you know. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I just actually took a peek at the next uh, giant size one, and this one says uh, that uh, Jack and the werewolf are going to be in Transylvania. So, looking forward to that. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's uh, wrapping things up for this one here, uh, Al. So, uh, if anybody's looking for you, they can uh, just uh, search uh, uh, Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. Correct. Yep. For all your you know Marvel cosmic type stuff, Adam Warlock, Thanos, Death, things like all that fun stuff. Uh, just mm-hmm. type in Adam Warlock or Thanos, whatever podcatcher you use, it'll pop up. Yep, you just put it in, a, like you said, uh, Apple, Spotify, whatever you use, and yep. then uh, social medias as well. Yep, social medias, so. any social media as well. Just pop that in there, and it'll come right up. Oh, yeah, just uh, for, like, uh, Facebook, just type in Adam Warlock or Thanos in the search box. If you're on Twitter or, like, Blue Sky, just go look for Adam Thanos Pod. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, that's the easiest way to find you, which, uh, whichever avenue you're going down there, and you have a humongous back catalog of stuff as well for your show. If anybody wants to go back and, you know, the classic stuff, the newer stuff, you've you've hit pretty much everything. Uh, we've done bits and pieces. I mean, we're mostly them follow through the old stuff, but we've been doing some of the newer stuff, some newer stuff, too. Well, I have to say we are doing some newer stuff since the last episode as of this recording was the Warlock Rebirth Mini, which literally just ended. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Fantastic. I love it when uh, I see people still blogging and podcasting about newer stuff as well, because I don't read any current stuff. You know, I'm actually uh, I just thought about it earlier today. It's probably about nine going on 10 years since I bought newer stuff. But that doesn't mean I don't want comics to uh, survive and thrive. I do. I still want them to keep going. Even if I'm not reading them, I just I I, I wanted the business to keep going. I love comics and i want people to still read them if they're loving okay. newer stuff there, there was even a new werewolf by night one shot recently. i heard about that i still haven't seen that uh, special that was on last halloween i need to see oh, that oh yeah they it is they have it now out in color too on there on disney plus you can see it it's color now too yeah i need to check that out because i most most everybody uh that uh, i, heard I that watched it, it said it yeah said it was pretty fun so i really want to see that too and yeah I'll, I'll always give stuff like that a shot especially if it's tv or uh, movies i'll always give that stuff a shot because I, I still do keep up with as much of that as i can i up until just a couple of years ago i was still watching every new movie that came out but um yeah always looking forward to any kind of media coming out but uh yeah man all right well you know hey we got another one in the books here and then uh i'll be on my you know typical break from recordings 
uh, for the holiday season coming up soon. But, uh, you know, you and I are going to try to get ahead a little bit here, maybe record one more time uh, before I take my break. So then we'll be good uh, until the New Year's and then we'll start up recording again fresh. And uh, there shouldn't be really much of a break in the uh, the sequence of everything uh, coming out. But uh, looking forward to uh, recording as usual, man. This was a blast. Oh, yeah. This is always fun. The werewolf's fun to, the werewolf's fun to visit. So it's nice to see Jack again. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he does have some other appearances, too. So not only, you know, we'll do the giant size, the regular series. I know at some point, I think he pops up in an issue or two of Ghost Rider. I can't remember how far down the line that is. I don't see that anywhere in, before the end of the run. Yeah, I think that might be. Oh, man, where is that? That might be like in the Ghost Rider Ghost? in the 50s, 50s. 60s. Yeah, yeah somewhere so in there. I remember. 81. Yeah, and then I think he might do another team up or two and one. Maybe does he do? I thought he had another appearance somewhere, kind of well, wacky besides, too. Well, here's the thing. So real quick, we have until his run ends. It's only his run and uh, giant size werewolf, with the exception of, of course, uh, Marvel Premiere twenty eight, which is I think Legion of Monsters. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. But then yep. yeah, that's straight through the end of the run. After that, there's some Spider Woman. Oh yeah, Spider Woman too. That's right. I don't uh, have I don't Marvel have all up, of those. Another Marvel premiere and some Ghost Rider. Yeah. And Moon Knight. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't forget about that. There's a little bit of a crossover. That's that should be coming up soon too in uh, in uh, oh, World that's, by Night. Well, no, for Moon Knight's first appearance. Yeah, but I'm talking about Moon Knight's issues. His series. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. like '83. Yeah, I do remember those too. Those are some really cool ones there. Because I think isn't it Bill Sienkiewicz that does those, and he's pretty wild. The way he, yeah, the way he draws, you know, the werewolf and everything. Yeah, he's very, very monstrous in those. I really like yeah, those. Yeah, yeah, those, that werewolf. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing that cover. And I will yeah. be honest, too. I kept, I, I've sold a lot of my comics over the last few years, but I did keep a lot of the horror stuff. And I think I still need the final issue. But there were some 90s, uh, there was like a six issue thing, maybe, or whatever, that uh, Werewolf by Night came out with and i did enjoy that too i thought that was pretty fun i do need the i think it's the sixth issue of it i didn't get that one yet but that was a blast too you know i uh i really like that one too but yeah that's anything like that's going to be way down the road anyway because we still got to get through the main series here <laughs> so yeah well but eventually but all right well that's gonna do it for us for this one and then uh you know we'll be like i said be back in, a, in another month and then have uh, two more issues coming out and uh uh, looking forward to that as well. So thanks as always, Al. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me on. This is always fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're going to get out of here and I'll be back in just a minute after a quick break to wrap things up. All right, everybody, that wraps up this episode. Once again, I want to thank Al for being on the show. Uh, always a good time with Al talking werewolf by night and, you know, we're a little more than halfway through the series here, but there's a couple of ancillary appearances as well uh, that we talked about covering that uh, we're definitely going to hit and then uh, might try to uh, squeeze one or two other things into as well. So, uh, you know, get ready as uh, we're going to trudge on and keep going forward here and have a good time with Werewolf by Night. So, as always, thanks for listening, everybody.